Hi, this is Hadassah for Deborah's Court. It's a joy to welcome you back to this episode of Book by Book Bible Study. We are in the book of Acts and this is chapter 25. Acts chapter 25. Before we get into Bible study for today, let us pray. Dear Father, we ask that as we delve into your word, you open our hearts, our minds. Help us make the connections between what you were taking the apostles through what you were taking the early church through and how you would have us live life now help us to draw on your wisdom help us to see what you're saying to see the threads of truth of truth that run through scripture and help us to see how we can bring this to life even in our day-to-day lives in jesus name we thank you for the opportunity to be able to lean on you and learn from you and from those who have gone past and we ask that our lives would be a true reflection of the investments that you're making into us in jesus name amen all right let's go straight into it acts chapter 25 i'm reading from verse 1 this is the new living translation as we have been using throughout this season three days after festus arrived in Caesarea to take over his new responsibilities, he left for Jerusalem, where the leading priests and other Jewish leaders met with him and made their accusations against Paul. Wow, you got to admire the work rate and the dedication. I mean, years have gone by and um, these guys just want to kill this person. They just want to kill Paul, right? two years paul had been in he had been in prison for two years and these people were still so dedicated to the cause to kill i don't know what makes it's hard to wrap my head around it i mean how do you hate another person so much you decide that a punishment for them disagreeing with your views is death i don't know because if that was god's wavelength we'll all be dead by now just saying anyway Let's get back to reading scripture because verse 3 they asked Festus as a favor to transfer Paul to Jerusalem planning to ambush and kill him on the way but Festus replied that Paul was at Caesarea and he himself would be returning there soon so he said those of you in authority can return to me can return with me rather if Paul has done anything wrong, you can make your accusations. About eight or ten days later, Festus returned to Caesarea and on the following day took his seat in court and ordered Paul be brought in. When Paul arrived, the Jewish leaders from Jerusalem gathered around and made many serious accusations which they could not prove. In other words, they were so desperate to get him killed that they late accusations that ordinarily should have killed him if he was guilty but he was not guilty they could not prove it like it just shows you how much religion can cloak a person's eyes to righteousness and how a religious title does not validate a person's stand i mean it's even it's not even a lesser known law it's one of the more is one of the cardinal points of the law the ten commandments that you're not supposed to be a false witness or kill somebody wrongly but here we are having religious leaders trying to achieve their own aim and just um becoming so envious of their neighbor 
and trying to kill him by blatantly lying and dragging the authority their god-given authority in the mud i mean they broke every, nearly every commandment that forms the pillar of the torah that they say they are upholding the torah that they say they are trying to defend by you know trying to kill paul and get him out of the way they broke it in their desperation and so I, um if you're self-serving if you're serving your own selfish interest if you give in to jealousy and envy jealousy and envy they're such powerful emotions you would you would very quickly find yourself like it's it feel like being stuck on a bicycle going down on a hill like you're just sleeping on the bicycle but it's going downhill is a fast track to utter destruction i mean see these guys if it was the era where god was still in the business of you know striking people with thunder what do you think would have happened and funny enough it is things like this that led to israel being conquered in the first place and you know they sort of lost their protection as a special nation every time god came against them through the prophets jeremiah isaiah he always had this thing he would say your religious leaders are unjust and if you if, if this is a problem all the way from the old testament all the way into the new testament you start to see that it's not by title it's not by having responsibility in church it's not by being born into a family of um you know dickens and titled christians so to speak it's not about the position you hold it's not about how many people you are responsible for in your church system no it comes down to a matter of the heart so a person being a deacon doesn't give them the right of way it doesn't mean that they understand that what their interpretation of the bible is right you must always 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 default to what god is actually saying in scripture I've, and I say this a lot, our teachers, our spiritual leaders, whatever they are saying and teaching us is supposed to confirm to us what God is already saying to us in our place of private fellowship and learning. There are things that they will tell you that will be new to you and you know they are opening your eyes to it. But when you go back to scripture, it has to be grounded in scripture. If they are sort of giving you a prophecy or an instruction, you should feel the Holy Spirit's witness, inner witness, affirming it. God is not an author of confusion. So don't let somebody's selfish desires or bias shift you out of what God really wants. Because ultimately, we've seen proof throughout. And this is not limited to um, leaders of the religious or even now, New Testament leaders we see it we see people who um, are called or maybe they aren't i don't know i wasn't there when god was calling anybody so i can't see whether they were called or not but we see people who occupy leadership positions in the church in the body and they exploit others and so we cannot while we, we cannot throw away the baby with the bad water that's um a play on yoruba adage by the way we can't toss everything out because the church was instituted to support us and help us to grow we do have to be discerning and i believe that this is one of the reasons the berean christians were so celebrated in their time if you read through the new testament you will see them mentioned a couple
couple of times they had a culture of always going back to scriptures to search and confirm that what they have been taught is actually true you have to build that relationship with the holy spirit regardless of whether you're able to physically attend a church um physically participate in a church family you know um connect with other christians whether you are in a um persecution zone or not whether you are able or not whether responsibilities and your health and survival allows you to actually connect with the church family or not the only way to really live and thrive as a christian is to connect to the holy spirit sit with the scriptures and allow him to work on you from the inside otherwise human emotions will keep on surfacing and you become a bad example you become an example of who a christian is not and i pray that's not us in jesus name but let's keep reading scripture verse 8 paul denied the charges i'm not guilty of any crime against the jewish laws or the temple or the roman government he said then festus wanting to please the jews asked them are you willing to go to jerusalem and stand trial before me then but paul replied no this is the official roman court so i ought to be tried right here you know very well that i'm not guilty of harming the jews if i've done something worthy of death i don't refuse to die but if i'm innocent no one has a right to turn me over to these men to kill me i appeal to caesar wow like just see another example of moral decadence the governor wants to please the religious leaders in other words they had become licensed bullies and threats to the rule of law that a person who is supposed to be protecting the rights of citizens was willing to sacrifice a citizen to please them and i'm thinking of how god used to um tell the israelites you know when they just left egypt of um, nations they were supposed to utterly destroy because of their uh abominable practices you know the ones that burn children as sacrifices and sacrifice people to gods and or idols and i'm like if you have become an idol that people have to um gain your approval and support with the lives of other people uh do you not fall into the category of people that are gotten you utterly destroy i'm just saying of course some of us is not so, some humans i don't want to believe it's some of us i want to believe it's some of the others because i mean <coughs> we're christians <laughs> we're led by the holy spirit we don't walk that way but some humans is not literal lives they just want to see you burn so they feel offended or they take offense and instead of trying to take it up like a person you know approaching conversation and try to negotiate or maybe even go with one or two elders or witnesses and try to negotiate or um you know at in the worst case scenario try to settle it in a court of law or take legal um steps they decide they're just going to punish you so they decide to be judge jury and executioner and then you hear of people that they were witch hunted to the point where they lost their jobs they lost their livelihoods they lost their reputation and when you dig to the bottom of it it's a flimsy thing or maybe an unfounded accusation or somebody just took offense that that should not be us i'm just saying it out loud so in case you a part of you is nursing that um ideology please don't let it be you the way i like to say it to people in my direct mentorship circle is don't be the trial and tribulation that jesus said is in the world yes it is in the world it is the work of the devil in this world we will have trials and tribulations because the devil is still roaming free and we're still here waiting for rapture or to cross over to the other side of eternity through death 
but don't be the trial and tribulation somebody has to pray to God for strength to get through. Don't be the persecution that somebody has to pray for extra strength to hold on to their feet to get through. Don't be the reason somebody backslides. Don't be the reason a child is suffering. If it is within your power, do right. Treat people with honor, courtesy, and deference. Just treat people well. Don't be the God that is competing with God for prayer. You know, they serve God, they obey God, but they still have to, you know, try and appease you. Don't. Don't be that person. Don't be that person. Because I hate to say it, all men die once and come to judgment. I don't know how you're going to explain, how you're planning to explain yourself to God when you finally leave this earth and you stand before him in judgment. Then you're not saying, um, the extra prayers that 722 people had to make praying in desperation and asking God for favor and covering and mercy was because of you. How? When you're not, I don't know, when you're not Satan. Don't let it be you. But let's not digress too far. From verse 12, Festus conferred with his advisors and then replied, Very well, you have appealed to Caesar, and to Caesar you would go. A few days later, King Agrippa arrived with his sister Bernice to pay their respects to Festus. During their stay of several days, Festus discussed Paul's case with the king. There was a prisoner here, he told him, whose case was left for me by Felix. When I was in Jerusalem, the leading priests and Jewish elders pressed charges against him and asked me to condemn him. I pointed out to them that Roman law does not convict people without a trial. They must be given an opportunity to confront their accusers and defend themselves. When the accusers came here, when his accusers came here for the trial, I didn't delay. I called the case very next day and ordered Paul to be brought in. But the accusations made against him weren't any of the crimes they expected. Instead, they had something to do about Instead, it was something about their religion and a dead man named Jesus, who Paul insists is alive. I was at a loss to know how to investigate these things, so I asked him whether he would be willing to stand trial on these charges in Jerusalem. But Paul appealed to have his case decided by the emperor, so I ordered that he be held in custody until I could arrange to send him to Caesar. I'd like to hear the man myself, Agrippa said, and Festus said, you will tomorrow. Now, notice something very funny here. When... Festus was going to tell King Agrippa about the case. He left out the part that he was trying to gain favor with the Jewish leaders. Which means he recognizes that the leeways he gave them because he was trying to gain favor with them it was actually not legal or founded. He recognized that he was wrong, but he did it anyway at the expense of it nearly cost another person their life. If Paul was not a Roman citizen, if Paul did not know the law enough to be able to say, I'm appealing to Caesar, he would have lost his life in the schemes of the Jewish leaders simply because somebody was playing hanky panky and pandering to sentiment. Please don't let it be you. Don't let it be you. We, yes, we have emotions, we have sentiments, we have biases. We are supposed to recognize them and set them aside and act in fairness. The world of itself is not fair. That's why we are asked to be the salt of the earth. If the world was set up to be fair, Jesus would not need to be telling us to be salt of the earth because everybody will be salty and we'll be fine. So don't let it be you that allows your sentiments and biases to stand in the way of fairness justice equity 
or the fair rule of law. Don't let it be you. Don't let it be you. If you know that when um, explaining this to a third party, especially a third party that has authority over you, you would not be able to defend your actions, don't do it in the first place. We we tend to lose sight of of um of our own responsibilities when we're in a position that does not have a lot of accountability or leadership. When we when we feel like we're the last buck of the authority, like it, the buck stops with us, we're not answering to anybody. It's easy to do some nonsense. But I would I would ask you, I would indulge, I would, I would implore you today that whenever you need to make decisions make it as though you need to give account of these decisions because you do need to give account when your life comes to an end you would each person will stand in judgment and give account of the decisions that they took based on the places of responsibility that they found themselves in so make your decisions with that light can you say it to somebody else can you defend the things you're saying the things you're doing can you defend it can you explain it if it comes to light your christianity should not only be when uh, you are in public or when there's somebody else to see your actions in the presence of others and your actions and decisions when it looks like there's nobody else in charge and you are the one in charge they need to tally that's what it means to be authentic it needs to tally the part of you that is submitted to authority needs to be at par on the same level driven by the same things as the part of you that is in charge you need to be the same person your values should not be dependent on the circumstances felt cute my scene later no that's not us pray God helps us in Jesus name let's wrap up the chapter from verse 23 so the next day Agrippa and Bernice arrived at the auditorium with great pomp accompanied by military officers and prominent men of the city Festus ordered that Paul be brought in then Festus said King Agrippa and all who are here this is the man whose death is demanded by all the Jews both here and in Jerusalem interesting the Jewish leaders became a representative of all the Jews imagine for their own selfish ends but let's keep going but in my opinion he has done nothing deserving death so festus knew that he had done nothing deserving death but because he wanted to please jews did not release paul he was going to say oh should i go and try him in jerusalem why why again don't let it be you let's keep going Sha. In my opinion, he has done nothing deserving death. However, since he appealed his case to the emperor, I've decided to send him to Rome. But what shall I write the emperor? For there is no clear charge against him. So I've brought him before all of you, and especially you, King Agrippa, so that after we examine him, I might have something to write. For it makes no sense to send a prisoner to the emperor without specifying the charges against him. The frustration that I felt, that I feel every time I read... um, the story is always upsetting. Felix knew 
Felix was an old governor, right? Felix knew Paul was innocent, but because he wanted to please the Jewish leaders, he didn't set him free. He left him for Festus. Festus knew he was innocent, but because he wanted to please the Jewish leaders, he kept Paul a prisoner. So they have wasted about two years of a man's life, two years of a grown man's life, because they wanted to please the Jewish leaders. Literally, they just imprisoned him and sort of left him to rot. They bring him out when they want to impress or catch the attention of their visitors. But they knew that he had done nothing wrong. Why are humans like this? See, when the Bible says the heart of man is desperately wicked, these are examples that you need to look back on to understand before you start trying to make excuses and think, oh, maybe it was the Jews of the... It's not the Jews of that time. Because there isn't a lot of difference between what Festus and Felix did and what some of us do in this day and age, in this century right but again i mean I, I think about it this way common sense should have dictated to you if the charges by your own estimation the charges are not tangible if there is no warrant for you to execute him to charge him to keep him in prison there is no clear charge to send him to the emperor on even whether you appeal to caesar or not i don't know you, i'm not the law expert but i would think that if the charges are not clear a case is typically stricken and thrown out of court not you trying to find a charge to write to send him on i think it was just ridiculous from the beginning to the end and um the major takeaway thing I can take away from here is that if God had not already said to Paul from the beginning that he was going to, he was going to suffer and he was going to be persecuted and held and all of that and God showing him all the nonsense that will happen to him from Jerusalem and the fact that he was going all the way to Rome, these chapters do not make a lot of sense to me because if it were me, Paul should, I'll be asking Jesus like, sir, please explain to me from the beginning to the end because I don't understand and I, I might not agree with a lot of things Paul said and did I mean his confrontational mindset is um, <clears throat> is less than um, it wasn't the biggest fan of women <laughs> and there are a lot of things he did that I feel oh you could have you could have been tamer you could have said it in another way and still be heard and all of that but then again it's easy to make those um judgments i didn't live in this era and i was not a man in this era i was not a single man in this era so maybe it's hard to make those judgments but that said i still think that paul was a study in patience and surrender because if it were me that God said you would suffer, you would do this, you would do that, I would start to curtail my actions to prevent conflict. I would do a U-turn. I would take such a thing as a warning and adjust my lifestyle and head in the direction of what God, where God said is taking me, rather than you know plunging straight first into conflict. But then again, I don't like conflict to begin with. But, you know, even in the midst of all of this, I, I, I've got this feeling that he could, if he wanted to, he could have talked circles around the people until they released him. But he didn't. 
and there was this sense of absolute surrender jesus said oh i'm going to send you to rome but i'm going to send you to rome through jerusalem and you're going to suffer on your way there and he stayed surrendered he didn't give in he didn't give up he didn't throw in the towel he was kept in prison but throughout that period as we'll come to see he wrote all of the letters that eventually came to make up the new testament so if there is one thing that i'm walking away from this apart from all of my don't let that be you um um, stance and you know the decision to treat people with regard and kindness and fairness and justice and equity there's that part that always questions can i be absolutely totally surrendered to god to his demands on my life without running away and can i be patient with people that obviously are talking like um should i say idiots okay that's not a nice word can i be absolutely patient with people whose actions and decisions do not make a lot of sense and those are the thoughts i want to leave us with today how surrendered are you and how patient are you how surrendered are you to god's plans and revealed purposes and um how patient are you with people that are obviously not on your way from and on a final note sometimes things don't make sense and the only navigation guide is that you get is the word god gave you from the beginning i pray that his word is clear enough to you to carry you through the worst of the storms and the darkest of tunnels have a beautiful day ahead i will see you in the next episode